drop 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 these your body 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 Oh, he wants to go off road Are you gonna shoot that shot when you get the land? He was right on my ass, man. Too wide Who wrote this? I did. Ask him if you got the letter. Did you get the letter? What letter? What's up, man? About to catch a fade, huh? Loving the new intro. Yeah, dude. That Friday intro is solid. I'm a fan. Good job to Justin Wallace. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Michael Colby, are you up? Are you are you starting this off? No. no. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> watching, thank you very much. We are the real boys. Uh, this is a very weird, eclectic uh movie review group full of uh podcasters, uh comedians, novelists. Uh, a guy who does uh, nothing, um, and uh, just some other people, really. Whoever just really wants to hang out. I want to know uh, who, who's the guy who does nothing. Don't worry about it. Please save your questions till the end. Uh, and uh, yeah, so what we do on Mondays is we actually take our favorite movies and then we review them in order of our top five and whatever. Uh, and then on Fridays, what we do is we either review the new movies that get released, or we let the thing, uh, the real wheel, spin around and see what garbage uh, our friends and fans decided for us to watch and review and for some reason a good movie showed up like a good yeah. movie guys like, like a actual, good movie like, like this is actual, a good movie yeah like oh, an actual film awesome. showed up yeah. on this thing which is cool uh so for those who don't know we are going to be talking about and reviewing starship troopers uh awesome movie um and uh yeah let's get into it we do have some obviously some friends and <laughs> uh yeah i uh for those who would like to know more ACK. Um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll get to that later. But yeah, if you do have any comments about Starship Troopers or about uh, Michael Colby's amazing headwear uh, or uh, how this uh, Mickey Mouse on Phil's uh, thing changes all the time, how does it keep moving? You must have a lot of holes. Either, it's like, is it command strips or do you have a lot of holes in yeah, the wall? It's all, all stickers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just all stickers. Yeah. Wrapped around duct tape. tape and just like praying to God. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the, yeah, the boys who showed up today, obviously, uh, my name is Zach Wiseman. You uh, may know me or should know me or definitely can know me uh, from Ooh. some nobodies, all the weird stuff that we do. Uh, Silicon Angels, which is a really cool uh, IT phone call about sex robots. Uh, we have a podcast podcast, a podcast show, which is uh, a very weird show. We review very bad podcasts. Uh, some are okay. Uh, most of them are very very bad uh, a lot of our stuff obviously real boys twitching upstream which is me and dylan here uh my main man on this I, <laughs> you'll honestly, figure it out eventually dude I, the, the fingers <laughs> I, I have a very hard time with I, don't know I, what to tell I can't do it anyway uh yeah and uh but i'll let them introduce themselves and talk about their own stuff so uh whoever wants to go next i guess i'll let dylan talk next since he uh was brought up earlier i mean you uh you kind of hit what we do my name is dylan i'm part of some nobodies uh, in addition to all the podcasts the sack names uh, I am, as of July, a regular contributor to the Apostrophe's digital magazine from Venom Publishing. Nice. So every month you can tune in to that. <laughs> <free download. laughs> All right, cool. All yes, right, I'll take it. back. I appreciate that. Uh, oh, boy. So, <laughs> tune in uh, every month. The issue I'm in should be coming out, I think, Monday. If you're listening to this live, if not, should be out there by uh, July 12th. And then every month after. It's about podcast writing. So... Check it out. Yeah. Hmm. Michael, you can go next. Yeah, go ahead, Michael. Oh, hey. Um, hey. Michael Hi. Colby, Jack hey, Billings Mike. presents 
that'll be out. The new stuff's coming out soon. And then this, and then no time to binge. And then I love this terrible game. And then Generation Clash, which is a fun new one that I'm doing with my very child. And we're talking about music and my generation's punk rock versus their generation's punk rock. <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, I can, I, I, I'm, I can sense the anticipation. It's actually, it's going to be, you know, uh, even I was expecting myself to be very down on it, but the two bands that I've listened to so far, I've actually enjoyed. So, and even bands that I, I've previously not enjoyed, I was introduced to stuff that I do enjoy. So, (laughs) some, you know, we can all learn and grow and learn to like new stuff. Oh boy, can we? Wow, not me. Someone's getting wise. <laughs> yeah. It's age advice. Uh, I'm Phil Better, the podcast mogul. I host Invest in Yourself, the digital entrepreneur podcast, as well as the Phil Better Show, uh, Stock Dirty to Me, and uh, Better Pain, a wrestling podcast. And I produce uh, the Money Grows on Trees podcast, a la Mood podcast, as well as two more that are currently in development. So, yeah, that's that's just me. Yeah, stock dirty to me is the best name <laughs> oh, for so a good. boring <laughs> ass podcast that yeah. I can possibly so think of. <laughs> We decided to go to the group of 50,000 members and be like, hey, we're doing a live show for you that we're turning into a podcast. What do you want the name to be? And so we, we just started doing the show and people started answering. And then we got four and we put it to a vote. And uh, Stock Dirty was the one that won unanimously, pretty much. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a it's a good name for a podcast. Solid name. Yeah, really. Solid name. Great job. Uh, so as you can tell, uh, we have a wealth of talking knowledge uh, and experience <laughs> here. And uh, yeah, so we're just going to talk about these movies and, and, and see what we think. And then at the end, we're going to review them. So like I said, if you have any comments... Get, get, throw them up in the chat. We whatever. We don't care. We'll we'll talk about it. Love it. And if you're rewatching it or listening to it, let us know. Jump on the uh, the fan page and uh, leave her comments mm-hmm. about this movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I will definitely see them, and I'll most likely comment as uh, one of us eight. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I, I have all of your passwords, so I log in constantly. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank okay, you for so doing that. Starship Troopers, right? Yeah. Uh, let's get into this. So, uh, Dylan, do you have any uh, like overall information on Starship Troopers? I know that it was based on a novel uh, that was written by Robert Heinlein. Uh, the novel came out in 1957. Obviously, uh, not. R- wholeheartedly faithful to the novel uh, the book turned into because technically uh, Paul Verhoeven, the director of this movie, did not like the novel very much. He thought it was pretty boring. But when he got the script, actually his wife read the script and told him it was a very, very good movie and uh, that he should look into it. And he Mm -hmm. tweaked it a little bit. And the thing is, I think this movie came out way before its time, honestly. What was it? Is it 1997? Is that when? Yeah. Yeah, Um, 97 his movie came out. And when it came out, everyone was like, Oh, this cool, weird, quirky action movie. And then, like, a couple years later, it's like, now nah, that movie sucks, whatever. And then you watch it again, you're like, wait, this thing is actually smart. Yeah. Like, yeah, this, it's this really some, smart. This is business. I love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> the, book, yeah. the book is good. Um, the You kind of touched on it, but when uh, Heinlein wrote this novel, it doesn't read so very novelistically. It You will get some, like, character action and then just some description of what's going on and then you will have characters go on these very long multi-page monologues about the uh benefits of requiring military service to vote or why uh inflicting violence is the only way to affect actual change or why humanity needs to constantly be like on guard and fight to earn things and it's been described as fascist, and we don't mm-hmm. get political on the real boys, but this is inevitable in this episode. It is very much a portrayal of what it would be like to live in a sta- in a non like exaggerated villainous fascist society. When Verhoeven read the book, he hated it. He hated the fact that it kind of advocated and defended and apologized for it, and wrote this movie. I've seen the theory that he wrote this as a propaganda film set in the world of the book. So everything's a little exaggerated. Everybody's mm-hmm. really hot and everybody like succeeds at what they're trying to do. Despite the fact that if you watch the movie and pay attention, none of them actually earn the positions they're in. Right. They get 
the, just the fall people, into it. The people who that, outrank them die, and they inherit the position despite their own lack of merit. Yeah, um, especially our our like hero of this yes. movie. He fails at absolutely everything he that at he dying. does. He fails he at fail at dying. Yeah, and the only thing that he succeeds in is fighting. Yeah. Like, and he barely even does that. Well, and you see, but I've never the... seen I've never seen a more inept protagonist to a movie that yeah. just like yeah. you're supposed to root for this mm -hmm. guy, and I'm not. I don't know yeah. about anybody else. And you see at the end of the movie, I mean, we're jumping around, whatever, it's Friday. Um, but you see at the end of the movie that the propaganda narrator is saying, like, the new people in charge. And at the start of the movie, those people were the ones who were in control and they all died horrifically. And you've got all the main characters in charge with their own young protege doing things behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. The movie is, it's a cyclical, it's a comment on, like, that cycle of warfare and such like that that the book kind of endorses now yeah. i do have a question about the book mm -hmm. is that where all of this romance shit comes from because no. it, okay there it is seems... none of that in the book as okay far as I can because remember. there is way too much of that and they could have cut it out and made the movie 20 minutes shorter, yeah. and it yeah. would have been just as effective. You have three triangles in there. Yeah, I, like, I, I, I disagree. I, I, yeah, I disagree. I, I, I really do like it. Uh, but for those who don't know, Paul Verhoeven is the director of this movie, um, and he is a pretty prolific Dutch uh, director. He got like a big business with the movie Hitchhiker, uh, which came out like right before Robocop did, and then obviously Robocop, which put him on like the spectrum of like doing his thing. Uh, then he got total recall and then you could tell like, Hey, maybe this guy's like a real dope sci-fi guy. Then he swerves hard, right? He does one of the hardest swerves a director can do. And then he does basic instinct. Now, basic instinct obviously is that super like sexy, spicy thriller, yeah. uh, that made Sharon Stone very famous. He follows up basic instinct with showgirls, which a lot of people say showgirls is a very, very bad movie. And it's actually like a kitsch thing to say, like, Oh, it's Showgirls bad. Now, obviously, Verhoeven saw something special in it. Uh, I haven't rewatched it yet, so um, I, I don't really know. I, when I did see it when it first came out, I was not a fan of it. But I, once again, now I'm a little—I'm older. I like Verhoeven. Uh, I, and then I, I after think Showgirls. I think Showgirls benefits from time. I think people can watch it now, like they watch The Room, where it's like, "Ooh, this is bad," but I'm having a good time. Yeah, because, well, so he follows up Star uh, Showgirls with Starship Troopers. After Starship Troopers, he does Hollow Man, which is another creepy-ass movie, but we're not going to talk about that one. But when he gets to Starship Troopers, that's when people start realizing Verhoeven has something to say that he isn't just saying. Now, if you watch the movie Starship Troopers, you notice that everyone's acting a little harder than they should. Uh, the scenes are a little more exposed. Everything's kind of a soap opera, and that was intentional. He was so into everything everybody like he told everyone how i need you to act he chose people based on their ability to overact and he wanted to make sure that certain things were done in a specific way to make fun of military uh to make fun of the way that uh americans view war and how we just look at normal things and i think that the coolest thing about this movie is how he constantly makes you part of this movie because everything is a newsreel you're constantly catching things from a newsreel it's almost like you're getting phone updates on how this war is and i think yeah. that was the coolest thing when i watch it again it's like man this is so just friggin' cool but yeah I, I like that no one really does a great job at what they're doing because the war kind of sucks like the mm -hmm. only person that is cool at all is uh uh, uh the teacher uh with the with the metal hands uh he's, yeah Ironside. yeah he's Ratchet. really good in this yeah he but yeah. he's always in whatever he's in he's great because he just yeah. chews the scene so perfectly yes yeah, yeah. i mean he, I, I, yeah. clancy brown is even, great too i was yeah, even I'll, thinking I'll, while i'm watching this movie this is the best denise richards acting i've ever seen and it was you're right it was her overacting which to a normal actor is just acting <laughs> yeah. yeah so <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, um, and I, I I love the fact that the book, like Dylan said, is pretty much a pro-war movie, and that's what Verhoeven hated so much. And he wanted everyone to be really crappy actors because he knew some people were going to take it as a pro-war movie. So he yeah. wanted to make those people watch a bad movie, whereas the people <laughs> that understood and were on the inside, he wanted them to get it, get the joke. And I yeah. think that this has like that strange love kind of feel, where like it's not shot like a comedy. But it is a comedy, and I think that's so there's, brilliant. Yeah, there's definitely some very funny things going mm -hmm. on, and that new, like the all the newsreel stuff, is a very Verhoeven thing to do. Yeah, like it, yeah. that RoboCop is exactly the same way, and that's I think when he's his strongest is when he is making you a part of the movie that you're watching. Like that really draws you into what he's doing, and yeah. And he does a very good job of saying something while also making, because this and RoboCop are both like, you can watch it as a satire, but you can also watch it as just a big, dumb action mm -hmm. movie. And it's it also works kind of a as warning. a big, dumb action movie. Yeah. Cause it's also a warning. Like if we don't check something, this could end up being how we live. Like yeah. in this yeah. military thing. Like he's trying to say, Hey, watch out, this is coming because he sees it happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same and with it, it, Robocop and that, you know, mm -hmm. like and yeah. you can and see it. Like if Jeff Basil get in, gets any richer, he's gonna buy a city. Like he can yeah. buy Detroit and be like, oh, This is no Amazon. Absolutely, there are city. plenty of we'll get to that one Nevada when we do Robocop, that. which is my number three. So yeah. that's coming up soon. So we yeah. will get to that. But um but yeah, what he's saying in this one is I, I really enjoyed how all of the propaganda commercials involve children. It's yeah. always small kids, like 10 year old kids. And they are yeah. just like that scene where they're stomping on the cockroaches, mm -hmm. the looks on their faces. It's like chilling to watch yeah, these kind of like and the mothers like happened. watching them and laughing hysterically while they yeah. stomp on these roaches. And it I mean, it's scary <laughs> to watch oh, that yeah. because and, that's what they're doing is they're brainwashing these kids into, you know, I can't wait to join the military when I'm old enough. Yeah, and when you look at like the outfits of the people that were supposedly rooting, that is, you know, anti-bug, all the outfits are designed after Nazi uniforms. <laughs> Everything is Nazi propaganda, and we're rooting for these people. And that's the thing that Verhoeven wanted people to laugh at was like, I don't know, am, am I pro-bug? Am I pro-Nazi? <laughs> Where am I here? Yeah, what are um, you doing? But yeah, I think the cool thing that Verhoeven does, and he and he first, I think, displayed this in Robocop where to, the cool way to make you feel that you're in this world is to give the people in the world things to watch too. Like when you watch RoboCop, there's shows that people are watching in RoboCop that are so crazy. Um, wait, have I seen the alt-right propaganda? Oh, you mean that? Uh, oh yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's exactly this. The, yeah. the alt-right propaganda is exactly this, but people don't realize that, you know, this is like I bet there are a lot of people who will watch this movie and be like, you know, on like They'll totally the on end. the side of the military and like not get the the Nazi, you know, not get the Nazi stuff, not get the child propaganda stuff, not get because they're you not, know, they don't they're looking at it just like is that this is a movie for entertainment and because of the sequels also destroying the. <laughs> Has anyone seen any message. of the sequels? Yeah, I've seen I've one seen. or two of them. I've, I've seen them all. Seen any of them? Yeah, I didn't I've see them any of them either. They—they—they're they, getting back to being what they're supposed to be about because you know, like like I said earlier, everyone took this as just a goofy, weird action movie about killing bugs. So the mm. sequel is very much kill that. bugs. You know, yeah. uh, the third one, which I think that one has Johnny Rico back in it, yeah, because uh, he wasn't uh, uh what, what's his name uh uh uh. That's uh yeah, Van Dien, yeah. So he wasn't in the second one. And I think the third one now, or the fourth one, is an animated movie. Um, yeah. And I think that now there's a season or a, a series which I haven't seen or know anything about, really. Um, <laughs> sequels but, okay, are so, bad, Nick Milady, especially yeah. especially uh, sequels Sorry. of Paul Verhoeven movies. Because <laughs> I don't know if you've watched any of the RoboCop sequels <sighs> either, but they are yeah. fucking rough. Showgirls yeah, 2 is really bad. Wait, what? 
<laughs> so, so RoboCop though that one really should have been good sequels because what the second one was directed by uh, the guy who directed uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, yeah, and this, then the, uh, the second one wasn't terrible, right? And the then the third, third one, was one written and directed by Frank Miller, I think. But it's PG thirteen. Yeah, the third one is wild. And I do think that that's before Frank Miller went completely like alt-right insane person. You're going to have to find out, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For some reason, I remember there being a Showgirls 2, but... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, Depends on the website you go to. Yeah, I was going to say that might be just, you know not a theatrical release movie. <laughs> that was a definitely straight to DVD version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get back to this movie though. So uh, in the 23rd century, while colonizing new planets, humans have encountered a hostile non-technological insect- insectoid species known as the arachnids, but commonly referred to as bugs. And the bugs appear to be a little more than savage, unrelenting killing machines, uh, <laughs> machines that, uh, and there are suggestions that they were unprovoked by the intrusion of humans in the habitat. Um, so, okay, now, before we get on, so, did everyone watch this movie when it first came out? Everyone, like, in the theaters in 97? Mm-hmm. I think no? so, yeah. I was seven years old. So? Yeah, 97 <laughs> is is the year I graduated high school. That that yeah. was, that I was, was 13, you know, when everybody was working at the movie theater, so we definitely saw all of these movies for free. I yeah, can distinctly was... remember watching this when I was 11 because my dad was a big fan of the book and he hadn't seen the movie. So he's like, yeah, we'll rent the movie because he, he used to, we used to he used to tell me sci-fi stuff when I was a kid. So he's like, yeah, we'll rent it. We get to the shower scene and he kind of looks at me and he goes, fuck. All right. <laughs> yeah. Just don't tell your mom. <laughs> so that shower scene, man. Yeah. Well, weird, weird fun fact about that shower scene. When everyone read that shower scene, only two of the actors were like, okay with it. Most people were like, no, I will not do this. Verhoeven said, I have an idea. And yep. he came out and shot that scene completely nude so that everyone else would feel okay with being nude. So yep. looking at an old saggy Dutch dong makes some 20 <laughs> something beautiful people totally fine with being naked and real wet. Uh, but yeah, that's one of my, that's my favorite facts about this movie I, uh, is that he did that I scene wish naked. I would have not heard you say real wet like that. Real, <laughs> real wet. Uh, so, okay. that, please. And I'm going to use that whenever he talks, just like, oh, no. uh, <laughs> that, this episode it, will be on YouTube. This is why I don't cuss, because I don't want people uh, capturing that. Um, okay, so, uh, uh, Phil, you were 13 when you saw this in, in 97. Uh, what does a 13-year-old Canadian think of this movie? Um, it's it, it was a fun movie. Like, it was just an action, dumb action movie. Like, it was like, the uh, there was, like, you kind of sensed that this was, like, maybe a take on Americanism, because it was, that was that near your height of, like, like, oh, all American, you know? <laughs> So you kind of like, okay, maybe they're making a comment, but I'm not smart enough to understand it. And then, oh, boobs, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah. much the 13 year old, any 13 year old male, you know, it's like boobs, boobs. Um, and it was just like, okay, this is a fun action movie. And it's like, it's a World War II type movie, but in space kind of like, that's how I looked at it. And then, uh, yeah. And then I watched it again. and I'm like, holy shit, this is a, a take on Americanism. That's like, how we kind of see the world like someone's saying hey guys this is what you look like to the rest of us mm-hmm. you guys notice like for us it's like i'm like okay yeah that's an american war movie okay cool like that's how we <laughs> see you guys like yeah oh there's- it's like okay like it's like if you watch the uh benghazi 13 hour movie like again that like this is a horrible situation that happened and then all of a sudden it's an action movie so it kind of like it's that's how i see it like it's an you guys are glorifying war and in this movie you the the propaganda arm is glorifying the war so yeah and there's there's definitely an american military like i don't want to say dehumanizing the enemy because we are talking about giant cockroaches but (laughs) they are they are talking about like oh these are stupid killing machines they know nothing they don't care they just want us dead but then as you progress through the movie you see that these things are actually thinking and strategizing but the people who are joining the army and who aren't getting you know that information they just think they're killing you know 
big bugs. dumb bugs, which is sort of what the American military does to any enemy that we're fighting at the time. These, you know, these aren't people, these are animals and these are you know, terrorists. All they you know, want is us dead. Yeah. And, you know, and that still goes on obviously to this day. Yeah, and it is pretty interesting watching a a war film from someone who grew up in a, a Nazi occupied part of the world. I mean, he, you know, we grew up. Uh, well, uh, not Phil. I, I can't speak for Phil. Uh, but you know, in America, we grew up like we're the strongest, and we're the fucking toughest, that we've never lost a goddamn war, no matter what those guys tell you. Uh, and uh, uh, yes, Phil. Yeah, we kind of burnt down your uh, White House. So, like, <laughs> Doesn't count. We weren't at war. Don't. don't yeah, no, we, we were. We were at war. War eighteen twelve. That was. Dude, honestly, we didn't even like that place. So you did us a favor. So <laughs> we were yeah, we made, like a way better one there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was actually the Irish yeah, who were yeah. working for you. That's what's even funnier. The Finian boys decided to attack us, and we're we like, "Well, with, fuck you!" If we didn't want you to find it, we'd have camouflaged it. We, <laughs> it white. we said, "Get the fuck in here and burn it if you want to." Uh, uh, but yeah, so uh, <laughs> all right now, uh, uh, Michael, you are yeah. the same age as me, so we saw this about the same time. Uh, I graduated uh, a year earlier because I'm smarter. Uh, not a big deal. So <laughs> what? What? True. what what did a what did a seventeen year old uh, think of this movie? Boobs, a, a dumb action movie with a bunch of boobs. Yeah. Like I was thinking the same way that a thirteen year old Phil Better was thinking about it because at that point in time, like it was after high school until I started being interested in learning things. So up until then, I just got what you know our public school system spoon fed us like that's what i knew so i didn't care about the propaganda part or any of the other stuff i was just watching a big dumb action movie with several scenes with boobs in them so yeah Yeah, i I mean at 17 i wasn't that much different than i was at 13 yeah true uh, uh, I, I so I think one of the coolest. I'm moving to movie... another country. That's why. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Before that uh, happens, I'll be fine. Yeah. Out of all the movies that Verhoeven did, though, he has gone on record saying that this is his favorite movie that he's done. Uh, this is his one that he rewatches out of everything else. And I it is and a I like movie to watch. Yeah. Like, just watching it because yeah. it is it is a dumb action movie. So like this, you know, going in like the characters are horrible. So you just turn off the brain and you're like, uh, they're shooting things. But yeah. when you want to. <laughs> When you look at it, when you think about it afterwards, it's like, wow, there's like these poignant moments that you remember. So it's like you get a two for one type movie. You get the dumb action. And then afterwards, when you revisit it, because points pop up in your head and you're like, oh, man, yeah, that was great that you see different things each time yep, you watch it. So. Been special. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a couple things on my latest rewatch that I really didn't, uh, I didn't get. And I started doing some like, you know, hardcore Googling. And cause then I started thinking like, you know, Johnny Rico lives in Buenos Aires. You know I mean? That's in Argentina. I, why does he look, why is he blonde hair? It turns out Verhoeven cast that on purpose because they're descendants of Nazis that, that went to Argentina after oh, World War II, fuck. which is like, yeah. Oh man, this is so cool. Like he, I, yeah, yeah, you cool. definitely it was definitely noticeable that they all had like like slightly lat- Latino like names yeah. and they were from Buenos Aires and they were all blue-eyed white people. <laughs> yep. Yeah, like, I thought that was that, with with a nice tan, like a good like you can get them tan. You know, it's a tight a, a white tan going on. It's yeah, but what like when Denise Richards looks into the camera with those close ups, there are a lot of close ups of Denise Richards' face. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, nineteen ninety six, uh, yeah. Denise Richards, like that's what you want. Oh. You want close ups of her big, beautiful blue eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Hollow, and hollow she, smile. She does oh, kind of have a hollow smile. Yeah. yeah oh, it definitely. is weird. Yeah. And her like her acting style is always vacant. Yeah. I mean, her interview style is also vacant. And I imagine her living style is vacant as well. Yeah. 
So obviously, you know, you got Casper Van Dien as Johnny Rico, the main star or hero, I guess, of this thing. Uh, you got Denise Richards as like his love who doesn't love him uh, because she'd rather be a pilot, I think. Uh, yeah. You got Dina Meyer who plays Dizzy, who's awesome. She's like she's awesome. Who's awesome. Oh, she's awesome. Right. Yeah, the best, the, be- I think yeah. the best character next to Michael Ironside just because she's a badass bitch, you know, like. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. Then, then a friend like that. How do I get a friend like that? Yeah. yeah. Then the then the cast list gets really cool yeah. though because you get Neil Patrick Harris, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. on set apparently he was called Doogie Himmler, which I thought was very <laughs> funny. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh then you get you get Jake Busey in probably his yep. best role. Uh, Jake yeah, Busey, like, Jake Busey is great in this movie, and he oh, yeah. also like he looks great in this movie, and yeah. I was like I was like, "What? How did they not cast him in the Street Fighter movie over RCVD?" Yeah. Oh yeah, like he would have yeah. been great as Guile in Perfect. the Street Fighter yeah. movie. Yeah, if you looked awesome. Yeah, and then like Dylan said, you got Clancy Brown, who is the best voice on the planet. Oh, uh, yeah, like, Kurgan. It, yeah. He's definitely in the top three best voices on the planet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Patrick Muldoon is Xander, which is a, 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 a like a weirdo, whatever. Uh, he, then Mike, he's Michael horrible. Ironside, horrible. He's, horrible. He's horrible. He's a horrible person. Every time I see him, I can't stand him. Like as soon as I see him, I'm like, this guy sucks. Yeah. Uh, Michael Ironside, like everyone says, everyone's favorite. But there was one casting yep. that blew my effing from. mind. When I saw this in like 97, I knew exactly what it was because, whoo boy, yep. am I a golden <laughs> girl? And this I have that Rue, shirt. Rue McClanahan yep. is in this movie. Blanche. The beautiful Blanche is in there. She's going to scarred up face that teaches people how to cut up bugs. And I saw her, I was like, Blanche is the cool teacher. That was so cool. And I, I like, know that. Yeah, the biology teacher who instructs them how to dissect the bugs with the accent. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Beautiful, beautiful Southern <laughs> Bell. Say a uh, perfect evolved organism. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's yeah. that scene so great. That scene sort of stuck out as being like the dumbest scene in the movie because they are not dissecting these insects. He's just like, oh yeah, pulling the guts out and yeah. what 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 are they supposed to be learning there? Yeah, how to shoot, how to, how to kill it. Yep, how to kill it. Uh, but yeah. So um, oh, what else? Yeah. So Ruby Clanahan was obviously my favorite thing. Um, uh, and this movie's very quotable too, which is so great. I remember leaving here, and every he time Dean Norris. Yeah. Who? Oh yeah, Dean Norris, Hank from Breaking Bad. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, that's right. He's he's like which, one arm or something, right? Which is funny. No, officer, he's yeah. he's the commanding officer of the of the training camp. Yeah. And what's funny is he is I think five years older than Casper Van Dien. Ooh. He's only five years older. He was like yeah, 38 he, when they made this movie. That is rough. <laughs> <laughs> that is rough. Um, but yeah, so whenever I leave a beach, I always say, like, huh, I always wanted to go to Zagama Beach. Um, <laughs> where, where do you guys think Zagama Beach is? Was that like a, it was a Hawaii. different planet, right? I thought it was a different <laughs> planet. Eh, Are they planet? Ho- I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, they I, are I just, planet hopping, but yeah, it, I don't know. It, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't affect like anything. Yeah, it is only Klondof- sort of an alternate Earth. <laughs> that's so, Klondathu and Earth are the only planets that matter in this movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so in, in this movie, what happens is uh, in the United Citizen Federation, which I guess is Earth, maybe Earth, who knows? Yeah, it's uh, it's all on the planet. Yeah, citizenship is earned by performing activities such as military service, which grants individuals opportunities uh, prohibited by to basic civilians. So. In this concept, you you pretty much have to go to the military to become a citizen, yeah. uh, and, and you know obviously that that kind of idea has been tweaked around with other concepts and other like you know genres before. But I think this one does a very good job at it because they don't tell you that it's a bad idea. Like you're so into it, you know, because everyone's like, I want to be a civilian and I want to be a civilian. So it's interesting that the audience members have to tell themselves like. <laughs> I, I think this is wrong. I don't. I, do, I yeah. don't think this is the right thing well, to do. In the and original, I, go for oh, it, Michael. And again, that's because they're getting to them from the time they're able Young. to comprehend anything. Is yeah. your duty is to be in the military? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This this is kind of in the book to the logical conclusion of what happens when you realize there are hostile alien species out there, like. You got to unite the planet. 
And the the way they justify it in this is saying the only way to protect Earth is to lock everybody into the system. And if you're not in it, you don't get to vote. And the interesting thing is that a lot of the people who haven't done their service are just kind of like, like uh, Rico's dad is like, I went to Harvard. You're going to Harvard. I don't need to vote. Why would I need to vote? The military does that. And it's treated as this kind of like, we've moved, we've moved past people thinking participation is important, which is a really weird thing to like conceptualize right now that participation is something that you can just be like, I don't need to take part in this. And yeah. some people look down on it. Yeah. It's very Roman, now, like <laughs> very historically like Roman Empire, where it's like the academics are separate from the government, which is military. Yeah. Now, looking at this movie now, how do you feel Casper Van, ne- Van Deen does as Johnny Rico? I can't imagine I mean, anyone else in the role. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I now, was perfect. Like, I was surprised at how good he was. was. Yeah. He's, he was, he's actually not a bad actor. He just needs to be in a specific type of movie. Yeah, uh, he's good in Sleepy Hollow. Um, but yeah, I agree. Now, Casper uh, Van Dien was actually Verhoeven's third choice. Did you know that, Dylan? No. So the first choice was Mark Wahlberg. Uh, he was oh, given, ah! yeah, he was given an open, an open invitation. Like he didn't have to come to read at all. Oh. Uh, second choice, James Marsden, which is interesting, mm. and I can also see that. He's- He's got the jawline. He's got a he's, good jawline. He's got the recruiting poster look. Yeah. James yeah. Marsden does always play a very generic, like, hero-y The The term character. you're looking for for James Marsden is himbo. Yeah, himbo. He's yeah, yeah. a super yeah. attractive, not very competent dude. Yeah. <laughs> yep. and But I, he does. also... I can't stand his face, and I no. can I can watch Casper Van Dien and things, so... Yeah. <laughs> Much better choice. Yeah. Uh, I, I would hate to see Mark Wahlberg in this, although I think oh. that his acting style would have been absolutely oh, yeah. perfect for this. It's, per- it's like kind of like I mean, Casper Van Dien, Mark Wahlberg in this role, because it's like perfectly suited for both of them. Like, uh, Mar- I mean, Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg. I, yeah, I can see Mark Wahlberg being in the movie and being like a tertiary character, but not like a Clancy Brown, you know, yeah, okay. in it that much. But not as the main character. No, he's he's obnoxious when he's in a movie too much. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, Chris I, would I, disagree with you, and I'm just standing up for Chris. That's all. yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, except for the happening, he's always <laughs> unpleasant to watch. <laughs> so what? Once uh, once these guys get out of high school, uh, that's when they get recruited. I guess it's based on their scores or something. I really don't know. Um, but Johnny Rico, you pretty much. Yeah, so he gets into the military. Uh, he goes into mobile infantry, um, and then you have uh, Carmen uh, Ibanez, and she is a pilot. Uh, and then you have the psychic, who's Carl Jenkins, uh, and he. So, did you guys think that now there there was like an idea that there was no actual psychics, um, that it was more like kind of Nazi propaganda to see if people could like you know brain manipulate people? Do you think there was ever any like that? Uh, he he did show psychic ability or no? Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. He I, I guessed. Think he did. Yeah, I I did enjoy the, I did enjoy the uh, the digital version of Peter Venkman's uh thing from Ghostbusters two. Like <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what it was. Yeah, it was just like, but this is the future, so it's on a computer screen, <laughs> but it's just Peter Venkman's like. <laughs> yeah, hard and trick he tells thing. the road he tells the uh ferret to go attack his mom or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there is, and oh, then right, yeah, and then he touches the bug, you yeah, know, jumping ahead. And oh, the so it, it's kind of like because in not uh, Hitler is known to have been dealing with the occult and mm-hmm. you know, and mind powers and all that. So if they are going that these are the descendants of not Nazi Germany, you know, so he pro- they would have continued pushing that, you know. I guess uh, studies and that, and then finally it starts. Either you're trying to breed it into society or something. Yeah, yeah. and Casper Van Dien does say you were the one who sent me over to where Denise Richards was, right? And yeah. he's like, I can't tell you that, but oh yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Yep. So, so he yeah, gets he a defi- feeling. He's like, oh, I need to go over here. Yep. So yeah. I, I think he definitely does have the psychic powers. Yeah. yeah. Psychics aren't in the book. 
not mentioned ever. I'm just saying, I know we don't compare the book and stuff, but this is inevitable because it's, they're so inter- You see that every time. I, I was going to say know. that every, every single time. Every I do. It's always right. inevitable. Yep. Every, to every book he reviews, he's like, well, there's no psychics in the book, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I like uh, psychics in my science fiction. Yeah. yeah, yeah what's too. even the point of a science fiction book if there's no psychics? <laughs> yeah. So once Rico enlists in the mobile infantry, um, that's when he surprised that Dizzy uh, obviously joined it. And people think that Dizzy joined because he's in it. Um, and I'm assuming that that's true because I think ha- she deliberately transferred to his squad. Yeah, um, I think she yeah. does say it outright that yeah. she did joined oh, because okay. of him so because everybody's giving johnny shit for joining because of a girl when she's the one who also does it yeah yeah um and in basic training they get trained pretty crazy like uh the one guy like uh, uh throws a knife at uh uh jake Busey's hand uh, which is cool um and then what you have that one cadet who for some reason, like in the middle of the training, he like takes his helmet off and because he couldn't it's, see, it's, he didn't he have his see, like, right, hood. Slip it down, right, right. Yeah. And uh, so Rico tells him to take it off, and then he gets uh, shot, and uh, that's when Rico gets flogged, uh, and then he gets dismissed. And as he's walking out, that's he doesn't when... get dismissed; he dismisses himself. Yeah, yeah oh, he, he quits. Right, he, he takes yeah, the he, he took leaves. the punishment. Like, and that again, corporal punishment in the military. Like that is harsh because they yeah. strap him down. Like that was another chilling scene. Like you fucked up, so we are going to whip you. Right, right. Ten and lashes. He, yeah, yeah. He, so, yeah. He takes it and then he quits. Like a champ. <laughs> exactly. Like, like a champ. champ. Right on the. Uh, yeah, that's when he calls his parents to ask if he returned home, but he rescinds his resignation after an asteroid reportedly uh, to have been launched by the arachnids obliterates Buenos Aires, killing his parents and millions of others. Um, now, do we think that the asteroid was actually sent off by the arachnids, or was this more propaganda so that we can go attack uh, and look for oil on uh, Clendathu? The, the the asteroid was definitely an inside job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fully Michael, inside job. Michael says false flag. Classic. Yeah, love yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> love that. Uh, so an invasion force is deployed to Clendathu, uh, the Arachnids' home planet. But the operation severely underestimates the Arachnids and is a total disaster. Rico is severely wounded and mistakenly reported uh, killed in action. After recovering, he, Ace, and Dizzy are reassigned uh, reassigned to the Roughnecks, which is an elite group commanded by Lieutenant uh, Gene Rassack. Rassack. Ratsack. Ratchet. Yeah. They're Ratchet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ratchet's roughnecks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the teacher yeah. from a year ago. Yeah. The yep. former high school teacher. Right. Yeah. So he quickly regains, uh, he quickly gains the respect of his peers and is promoted to the top rank of corporal after taking out a tanker bug, uh, which is a kind of a cool scene, but uh, that is one of the scenes where the CGI does not hold up very Ooh. well. <laughs> yeah, no. it's a, it gets that's, a little weird there. That's a oh, scene you. that you can definitely tell was for, you know, film in the theaters and vhs tapes and when they digital like when they when they remaster some of these movies they should have been like let's just fix this up a little yeah touch it off normally normally i thought the bugs looked pretty good the standard arachnid soldiers i thought pretty good um yeah and um oh yeah that's okay Well, not but, um, no, not no one. <laughs> not, CG- thank you, no Nick, one. for pointing it out. Uh, Our fifth panelist, Nick Malati, yes. did point uh, out that he said realized. Yeah. Real, <laughs> real. I caught it. I just couldn't repronounce what he was saying. There was a lot of sound, and I'm like, no one else is saying anything. I'm not going to try to be the first one to fuck up again. <laughs> Dylan told me to try my Canadian accent more yeah. to make Phil yeah. feel okay. at home, okay. uh, and I don't, I don't know how to roll my ends very well, or whatever it is you guys do. Uh, so I think they replace yeah. S's with Z's. Oh, yeah. and, and yeah. and yeah. yeah. with yeah. with Zeds. two O's yeah. with an umlaut. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things with uh. Huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so uh, that's also when uh, 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 what's his name, Rico? Yeah, so Rico and Dizzy, uh, they they have sex right during their night in uh, Tango Orilla in that wow. one tent, which is like uh, f- four minutes long or something because they're I, late. <laughs> I did not need to see Phil better uh, do his sex face. <laughs> so if you're just listening to this auto, you def 
you're audio. Sa- you're safe. You're safe. You definitely missed Phil Better's sex face. And you it should was... come check out the YouTube channel. Yeah, please, <laughs> please leave in the comments. Uh, and uh, how many reels would you give? It's at Phil's about sex it's at about face. a forty-four minute mark. It's at the forty-four minute mark. About. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for timestamping it. Yeah, we're gonna timestamp this. All right. So uh, the Roughnecks respond to the distress call from Planet P, where they uh, reconnoiter an outpost that has been devastated by bugs. They soon realize that the distress call was a trap, and the arachnids swarmed the outpost. Now. Is it is it our understanding that the brain bug is the smart one and tells all the bugs what to do? Yeah, or are the like bugs I, themselves pretty smart. I think they have a bit of intelligence. Like it's they both. can go, they're like, oh, we should do this because fuck them. But also yeah. they're like, if they're not being told, they're like, I'm just gonna go grab some ass over here. But you they're know? also <laughs> it's it's also an analog for actual like for human military because mm-hmm. you know the brain bug is like the commander who tells everybody what to do and the soldiers do this and everybody has a role to play it's like a bug colony so it's exactly yeah, so, like how so a they're bug not yeah nobody's mindless but they are waiting for orders to do yeah. certain things for mm-hmm. sure so now Rico, who is the acting sergeant, he euthanizes a mortally wounded Ratchik uh, after a buried tanker bug bites off his leg. Uh, Dizzy's then killed, but the surviving roughnecks are rescued by Carmen and Xander. Yucky boy. I hate that man. Uh, Rico and Carmen encounter Super Carl. pretty boy. <laughs> he is pretty. He's got a lot of gel, but he's pretty. Yeah. Um, so Rico and Carmen encounter Carl, now a high-ranking intelligence officer, at Dizzy's funeral. He shows uh, Carl- up in a straight, like, Nazi uniform with everything except okay I, I, when i yeah. first saw it i was like this seems wrong yeah this feels something i've seen before that was wrong I can't yeah put my my, my wife was like Nazism. yeah my wife was like i remember neil patrick harris being the villain of this movie <laughs> yeah. and i was like i'm yeah. pretty sure you just remember that outfit that he's wearing at the end because he's yeah. not the villain yeah he, he just i mean, I mean He's not the he's antagonist. The state. He's not the antagonist. But, he but he's he's not he... going he's not going against the interests of the people we are following in this movie. True, but we do learn that the mobile infantry was used as bait and Jerico confronts him about it and yes. he's just like there's stuff that I know that you can't know. Mm-hmm. This is how society works and Rico's like, "Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm cool yeah. with that because that's society." Yeah, yeah, because it's, that's it's the way it is. Like no, us, because we don't have, we have free will. We can be like, no, fuck, wait, no, yeah. no. But because yeah. the military are the only people that put can vote, and they go, and the military is led by the scientists who technically are your politicians, right? Then, oh, you're right. Uh, if I, I, I voted for you to be in power, so you must be right, you know? Yeah. Now, I have two questions before we move on to like the rest of the movie. First, mm-hmm. why did they? brought Casper Van Dien back from the dead. Uh, why didn't they do the same with Dizzy? Like, she was sort of the same ranking. They should have just brought her back. Yeah. Um, and second, what are these bugs eating on their home planet? Because they show, like, a lot of that planet, and it is all desolate. There is no vegetation anywhere. There's no anything besides the bugs. Are they just eating their own dead? Or are they cannibalistic? That's why they're trying to to conquer new worlds. Yeah, but but there's they, that's movie. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the <laughs> brain. Okay, I'm, Dylan. Sorry, yeah. Dylan. I'm gonna say <laughs> the brain. I'm gonna say the brain bug can excrete some sort of protein. Oh no! There's uh, some slurm. Okay, soylent green is bugs too. That's where we're gonna go with that. Um, okay, so at the funeral, though, Carl reveals that there's a reason to believe an intelligent brain bug is is directing the other bugs and has been learning how to fight humans. Uh, he field promotes Rico to lieutenant and gives him command of the Roughnecks, ordering the mobile infantry units under his control to return to P in attempt to capture the brain bug. Uh, so obviously, I didn't talk about the tattoo, but uh, after that scene is, <clears throat> is, when, is when you get the weird fight and uh, the cool Roughnecks tattoo. Now, if if yeah. tattoos were that fast and uh and and that i guess painless i mean no, it, like it didn't look like it, it, it looked like it was hurt a lot more <laughs> yeah. than a regular tattoo i don't know man tattoos do not feel good i have a bunch and they oh, all I, hurt but and i'm like burn. yeah like, this is lasering yeah, yeah i've never i've never made the seconds. face 
I've never made the face that Casper Van Dien is making yeah, when I he's have, getting that never, tattoo. I've never made any face Casper Van Dien made in this movie. Well, that's fair. Yeah, we're not we're not good enough. We're not good looking enough to actually make any of those faces. So uh, it doesn't speak matter. Speak really. for yourself, Zach. I will, and I'll speak for everyone else while I'm doing it. Uh, so, <laughs> now, after that, the fleet encounters uh, unexpected heavy fire from the bugs, and Carmen's ship is destroyed. And Carmen and Xander's escape pod crashes into a bug tunnel system near Rico, and they're surrounded by bugs. And the brain bug uses its proboscis uh, to pierce Xander's skull and eats his brain. Uh, not great special effects but very very cool oh, it, it's, every it's, single time it, it, yeah it's just sad it's like it's you can see how bad it is but at the same time you're like i respect you I'm for going trying yeah because this is fucking awesome that's it's, what i want to see but more gore please and is, yeah. The, yeah. is this the way that they're getting yeah. you know military intelligence is just by sucking the brains yeah. out and okay that's, that's how I, that's how oh, the women used to cool. do it. They used to suck the brains out of men. Yeah, and I will say that ever since 1990, <laughs> feel better, everybody. Hey, well, I love how it was just like Dylan got it first, Michael <laughs> caught it, and then Zach was like, "Fuck." Yeah, <laughs> I was great. trying to ignore it, but I yeah, couldn't because everybody too. shut up. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, what was it? Oh yeah. Anyway, so since 1997, uh, I have always thought whenever I'm drinking a Capri Sun, it is always Xander's head. Uh, if it's a juice box, if it's anything, it is always Xander's head. I'm like, <laughs> I'm getting all this information. <laughs> Which is no. um, I have Kool Aid jammers out in my kitchen. I'm dude, that's what I'm gonna be thinking about yeah. after we're done here because I'm Every definitely gonna one. drink some oh. purple source Rex. <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of Scanners at the end, where oh, yeah. Michael Ironside, who's in this movie, gets like lit on fire or something, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then pretty much the only thing that Denise Richards does uh, after, well, I guess the brain bug's about to eat her brain. Uh, and that's when she cuts off his proboscis with a knife. Uh, Rico, Watkins, and Ace arrive and threaten the bug with a small nuclear bomb, uh, <laughs> which the brain bug recognizes, uh, which is gross when the brain bug recognizes this thing. Uh, watching, watching that nasty, weird maggot like comprehend something was one of the nastiest things that I think that i can possibly like you're buying, I, you're buying I, into the propaganda man i yeah. wish they didn't close up on that disgusting hole with the phone yeah, coming out like, of it oh that was just nasty and I they, was like, oh. and it, they held on it so long and just so kept long. going back to it like three times and i'm like yeah, they do i do <laughs> not want to look at this thing and i saw somebody comment earlier um bad special effects but believable yeah and um yeah connor smith amazingly horrible special effects yet believable yep. and for the most part that's accurate mm -hmm. like yeah. when he slam dunks the the grenade into that like hole in the ass end of that one bug mm -hmm. when it explodes it looks awesome yeah. and you can tell that it's all cg'd and 1996, 1995 Seven. computer generated effects usually don't hold up, but that one looked pretty good. Yeah. Now, the budget of this, though, they had a $105 million budget, which is a lot of money, especially for 97. Now, it's open a weekend. It only took in $22 million. Uh, total gross domestic was $54 million. So it was, it was really recognized as a straight-up failure. And if it wasn't for VHS, this thing would not have done well whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but, and yeah, I think that, that's pretty typical, though, because Total Recall... Um, I think RoboCop did well in the theaters, but I think Total Recall, even though that was Schwarzenegger at his prime, I don't think that was like a huge box office hit. I think Casper mm. Van Dien Recall was at the top of think. his time too. No, in not this, this movie. Was, no, he, but it, he was at the prime of like the the heartthrob era because oh, the yeah. ninety the he like from that period, like I think probably ninety four to maybe two thousand three was prime pretty boy yeah looking that I, was cookie dawson's, cutter yeah uh, that was dawson's cutter. creek era of tv yeah. where people just wanted to mm -hmm. look at pretty people doing stuff After even Lord if the it Rings was turn of the king nobody wanted even if it voice. was like getting mm -hmm. bug guts splattered all yeah. over their face because <laughs> you can't believe like you're like there is nobody in the army that pretty there is not you can tell right off the bat that that's a proper <laughs> it's a propaganda movie yeah. There's no one pretty. So I like, apologize to every single person in the military. You are all gorgeous in your own way. 
but I, I know a lot of military people, and I've yet to see anyone look as good as Casper Van Diem and uh, and Jake Renice. Busey. And Jake, yeah. Well, Jake Busey. Uh, no, I don't know, man. I think Jake hey, Busey looked good in this. He movie, looks good in this movie. His weird mouth. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, he's, yeah. He's got but a he's big like mouth. A, he, I can see him in the military and working fine in the military. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Even that, so, even that drill instructor that they had was like yeah. pretty good looking. Clancy oh, yeah. Brown's a handsome man. Yeah, yeah Clancy looking. Brown looks great in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, now, of all the bugs, though, like ninety eight percent of the bugs were CGI. They did make a couple of actual real size bugs just so the actors would know what it is. But the cool thing is, is that before every scene where there was bugs, uh, Verhoeven told the actors to look at him, and he would portray every single bug that they could possibly look at. So if any actor is looking at a bug off screen or a CGI bug, they are staring at Verhoeven doing alligator hands, <laughs> and he's um, naked. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, that's so his yeah, saggy but... Dutch balls are just swinging. <laughs> yeah. yeah, honestly, it makes everybody more comfortable, and that's uh, and oh that's my all god, the... I killed Bill better the podcast. Oh, oh my god, god. oh no, oh no. <laughs> oh no, he's back. All right, well, let's get let's get oh close to the end of this movie. All right, so uh, after the the brain bug looks at this nuclear bomb, uh, they flee while the brain bug makes his escape. Arachnids pursue them, and Watkins, now mortally wounded, sacrifices himself by detonating a bomb, enabling the others to escape. After returning to the surface, they find that former Sergeant Zim, who has been requested uh, a demotion to private so he could serve at the front, has captured the brain bug. Carl tells Rico and Carmen that the humans will soon be victorious now that military intelligence can study the brain bug carl mentally scans the bug and reveals that it was afraid and to cheer of the troops uh yeah so he's like oh this yeah. thing's scared of us which is stupid uh but that i will was, say oh god that was That's... the biggest that was the biggest piece of propaganda because yeah. he's like he's like touches him i'm trying to find my camera here he like touches his head and he's like he's like oh he's afraid yep. and oh, you would shit. like a normal human would be like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be. But these guys are like, fuck yes, he's afraid. Of course yep. he is. You have you have the enemy being afraid of you. You mm -hmm. have a drill inspect a drill sergeant taking a willing demotion so he can serve in the awesome. field. What in propaganda? I gotta yeah. kill something. Put yeah. Take I take my money. I just want to kill something. Yeah. Yeah, it's a propaganda ending. No, I love it. No, I love it. Um, and then what do we get? We got a propaganda clip shows Carmen Ace and Rico as model servicemen encouraging viewers to enlist in the armed forces. Um, yeah, so much about this movie is not in the book, but I think better than if they were to make a movie out of that book. Um, yeah, so overall takeaways, what do you guys think? Fucking great. I love it. It's, it's fun. It's pure fun. Yeah, it's, it's like... I think the only director who can do this exact thing is Verhoeven, like make a movie that's this much fun and is also saying something. And I think that's definitely tainted my enjoyment of like tomorrow war. You know, when we did tomorrow war last week, people were like, Oh, it was just a fun movie. Just watch it. And it's like, well, I know that a fun movie can also be saying something and that I think is uh, that is important that your you know your movie is not just watchable. It's it's fun and watchable, and also says something. Anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, a couple cool things though. So this movie was tested on some obviously some audience members, like every movie was, and they had to do a couple little tweaks to the movie based on what the audience said. Now. What is everyone's main gripe with this movie? If there's one big thing you would change or anything at all, what would it be? I want an updated Blu-ray Blu-ray release where they update the CGI. Okay, that's fair. That's I mean, it. I, I really can't I say that. Want... These are test audiences. Ninety-seven were complaining in which. Oh, okay. Movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just oh. uh, like if I was, uh, I I imagine that the test audiences were what sort of amped up the romance stuff. 
and I'm not saying get rid of the romance stuff, but it doesn't need to be front and center like it is in this movie. So here's the weird thing. The test audiences hated Denise Richards. Now, there was originally a love triangle between, you know, Rico, Xander, and Denise, but the audience hated her and hated her and Rico together so much that they had these weird scenes that they had to kind of put in there. So they rewrote those to be more like Dizzy's roles, which is why they had to keep some of the stuff. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And also one, one tidbit that I wanted to ask Dylan about is uh, so in the book, the teacher and the leader of the Roughnecks are two different characters. Now the movie, they combine those two characters. And I think that makes a better propaganda move yeah. because you're like, oh, now you're teaching against the war. Mm-hmm. Now you're pro-war. Uh, now, do, do you remember that in a book or how are your feelings based on that? Uh, they, he doesn't preach. He doesn't teach against the war. Um, his teacher. Oh, what is it? It's like history and moral reasoning or something like that. But, um, the book, uh, it, this is, this movie's an actually relatively faithful adaptation of the novel, except that the novel is almost entirely boot camp and officer training. The bug war is a really minor part of the actual narrative. Um, but like all of the names, all of the character stuff, except for Dizzy and the romance, um, pretty much happens. Carl dies in the book instead of becoming a psychic. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you have Doogie Hauser. You just need to. He can't die. Right. You can't kill Doogie Hauser. But the the book takes itself very seriously. The book the book is not corny. The book is not cheesy or like nine hundred two one zero style. It takes itself very seriously as like a military novel. Yeah. Uh, now this thing was up for some accolades. Uh, does anybody know what kind of awards this thing has won or would have won? Kids' Choice Award, best picture. Uh, so it was nominated for a number of awards in '98, including Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. It actually won a Saturn Award for Best Costumes and Best Special Effects at the 1998 uh, Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films, uh, and was nominated for Worst Picture at Stinker's Bad Movie, but lost to Batman and Robin. So. Yeah, there's that. That was Fair. the right call. Yeah, yeah I did the right call there. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, okay, everyone, thank you very much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, oh wait, we're, can we do our reels? Well, we're. I was about to. I was going to talk okay, about the next couple episodes and then I send apologize. everybody off. I apologize. Yeah. Phil's been work. gone so long that I, he forgot. Yeah, how it the has show been was. a while. I forgot <laughs> yeah. how we end the show. I apologize. I, I, I've been gone so long. I don't even know how to end the show. I'm just talking right now. So, uh, so that's it. Uh, but yeah, so that was our view on Starship Troopers. We're going to get to reels in a second. Uh, but yeah, so on Monday though, we're going to get back into uh, Breakfast Club, which we've tried to do a couple times now. But you know, we ha- we're, we're actually humans and we have real lives and sometimes our lives uh break apart and sometimes uh things catch on fire so uh whatever but either way uh yeah breakfast club comes on monday and then on friday next friday we're gonna hit uh space jam 2 which was uh requested by uh i think i'm not gonna say who requested it we all know who did it uh it is it is it is a family well, no, it, but a very a very close relative to Michael Colby. Yeah, it definitely uh, wasn't. Um, I've never seen the first Space Jam. <gasps> Am I going to be lost for no. this one? No, I highly doubt please, it. Please do not watch the first I, one. It doesn't hold up. <laughs> yeah, it does not hold up. It'll make you very, very mad. Uh, it actually <laughs> makes zero sense. And I would love to hear someone's point of view who does not know what the first one's about. So okay. please do not watch actually, the first yeah, Michael, one. I mean, I know, what it's, I know what it's a... about. Well, I know, but I mean. Space Jam, but I've never you know Watch. i know that michael jordan gets pulled in to fight okay that's all you need to, to play know. basketball against some big monsters <laughs> yeah he gets pulled into a golf hole which means all looney tunes takes place in the center of earth i don't understand it it was not ahead of its time it is a it is an absolute time movie. it was is for the movie we reviewed that not movie makes no space, sense yeah Oh, that, movie's, that movie's so stupid. Either way, uh, next Friday, Space Jam 2. Uh, but yeah, so uh, one at a time. Let's get into our uh, goodbyes and our reels. Uh, let's start with uh, Dylan Terry. Mr. Dylan yeah. Terry, what do Hi. you got, buddy? Uh, I love this movie. I like mm-hmm. the book. I didn't finish my reread in time for the episode, but whatever. Um, I'm giving this an 8. It's really solid. It's not, it's not perfect, but like... I can sit down and put this on and enjoy it pretty much anytime. So it's an eight for me. Yeah. Um, go find me on some nobody stuff. Silicon Angel, CYOP appeal, talking upstream, twitching upstream, no time to binge on Wednesdays. And uh, check out Apostrophe's digital magazine where I have articles showing up every month. And uh, 
those are about podcasting. So I hope that they're useful to someone. And that's all I got. Hell yeah. Bye, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> no, not me. Uh, how about you? <laughs> how about I go? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there you go. I, I already did all my stuff. So um, just, I mean, I'm going to plug Silicon Angels because I fucking love that show. Um, definitely go <laughs> listen to that if you haven't. And uh, I've listened to it like three times through. Um, it's great. I'm giving this movie 8.7 reels because <laughs> Dylan hates it when we even go with half reels. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, geez. so yeah, um, the, the movie's great. Uh, I was so glad that it held up. Um, I wasn't surprised, but I'm always glad when something I liked when I was a kid holds up. Um, and this, this, I mean, maybe more now than yeah. back in 97, it really like says something. So definitely if you didn't watch this, um, and you're listening to this for some reason, go watch it. It, it rules. And even Denise's Denise Richards acting isn't offensive. <laughs> so that's all I have to say. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh, I am Phil Better, the podcast mogul. I host Investing Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast, the Phil Better Show, Better Pain Pod uh, Podcast, as well as Stock Dirty to Me. You can find everything at my Instagram at Podcaster Phil Better. Um, this movie is awesome. It's fun. Uh, it's just you know, if you want to look at it smart and thinking, you can. Or if you just want to turn off your brain and watch people kill bugs, you can do that. Um, Eight point five uh, reels from me. And good night, everyone. I love it. Thank you, Phil. Uh, yeah. So, dude, what do you get? Get out of here, Phil. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna give this thing 8.5. I think it is an amazing movie. Uh, I definitely did not get it when I was younger. Uh, Rewatching it, I love it. I think it's super great and uh, such a great piece of uh, anti-propaganda, if that's a thing. Maybe propaganda for the other side. Either way. Uh, so what? 8.5 for me, which gives a total of, uh, let me count real fast, uh, blah, 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 33.7, which makes it uh, an average of 8.4 reels out of the dudes that are on today. So uh, please, once again, if you're still listening to this or watching this, let us know what you think. How many reels would you give uh, Starship Troopers, the great Verhoeven thing? It made a beautiful franchise. Either way, like Dylan said, you can check us out on everything. You can see us on Mondays doing our stuff. You can see us on Tuesdays doing our stuff. You can see us on Wednesdays doing our stuff. Uh, but until next time, guys, goodbye. I'll see you soon. Dylan, play that track. Drop, 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 drop these. Everybody, drop, 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 drop these. Everybody, drop, 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 drop these. Everybody, drop, 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 drop these. Everybody. Ah, he wants to go off road. That you when you got the lamp. No, he was right on my ass, man. Who wrote this? I did. Ask him if you got the letter. Did you get the letter? What letter? Make me quick. Make me quick. What's up, man? About to catch a fade, huh?